Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse. I'm Vicki. I'm Kim. And this is Doug with the episode credits for Season 4, Episode 5, No Pain, No Gain. Guest cast, Mike Dopit as Mike Manning, Kirsten Nelson as Judy Giltoy, and Timothy Amundsen as Larry Kemp. Created by Brent Mote and Jane Espenson. Written by Nell Scovell, John Paul Nickel, and Michael Jones Morales. Directed by Jay Chanrasekar. Original air date, August 20th, 2012. Whatever you say, Rilakuma. What's a Rikaluma? It's a Japanese bear who loves custard pudding. Oh, already got a new nickname. How would you like a new job? Hmm. I got it for my sister, Tracy. She's pregnant. Wow. Yeah, I'm so excited. Really? Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, that's it's just that, you know, she's you know, the younger sister and you're the older sister. Are you living in 1957? Getting pregnant's not on my current to-do list, all right? How about finding an artifact? Is that on your current to-do list? And now, the episode quick cap. While recovering an artifact in Japan with Claudia, Micah gets a phone call from her sister Tracy informing her that she's going to be an aunt. Later at the warehouse, Artie is investigating a hockey player, Mike Manning. His injuries do not seem to have any effect on him. Artie sends Pete and Michael to Toronto to investigate and recover any artifact that might be the cause of his invincibility. During their investigation, they uncover that Mike seems only to be invincible at home games, and only while the game is being played. They think that the person using the artifact may not be Mike the player, but one of his fans trying to help him. While searching the bleachers for the fan who might be using the artifact, Micah finds that she has become pregnant. Pete remembers holding a fan's key ring when a child caught him off guard. He realizes he may have inadvertently wished for Micah's pregnancy. The key ring belonged to Judy Giltoy, Mike's self-proclaimed biggest fan. They confront Judy, who has already kidnapped Mike. Pete is able to disarm her due to her wish for Pete's death not working. Pete and Micah come to the conclusion that the artifact only works on loved ones. Claudia is invited to lunch by Mrs. Frederick. Although she does not end up getting any lunch, she finds the afternoon very enlightening. She's able to see an artifact being created. They also go to a senior rest home to meet Mrs. Frederick's grandson. Claudia gets a small glimpse of the very long life of the warehouse caretaker. Artie and Steve work to track down the missing warehouse artifacts. Steve helps Artie to determine which artifacts are missing. They all seem to be artifacts that Artie has bagged over the years. They use the Hatfield rifle to lead them to the missing McCoy rifle. When Steve is almost injured, he lets it slip to the unconcerned Artie that he is correct in his assumption that Steve will not die. But Claudia just may. They have to find a way to get Steve off the metronome. I can't catch my breath. It's like I'm not in control of myself. Hi, we're back with Season 4, Episode 5, No Pain, No Gain. 
The artifact of the week from Wiki Warehouse is... The Town Death March dog tags. Owned by one of the soldiers who survived the Baton Death March during World War II, the dog tags grant the holder the ability to fulfill wishes that affect the people that they love and care for. So before we get into the episode, I have to go back to Walter Sykes because this is bothering me. Last week, I think it was last week, or maybe it was the week before, we talked about whether Steve's injuries could actually kill Claudia. I think that was two weeks ago we talked about that. Okay. Because we weren't sure. And then last week we wondered why Sykes didn't feel any of the effects of anything that happened to Marcus. So from last week's episode and this week's episode, I think we can agree that if Steve is fatally injured, it can kill Claudia. He says it more than once. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Claudia could die. So going back to Sykes, why didn't Sykes die when Pete threw Marcus off the balcony? We were saying, well, how come it didn't affect him? So maybe we just didn't see it affect him. But why didn't he die? I mean, Pete threw him off the balcony. I think he shot him at one point too, right? Oh, baby could be just like the dog tags. It affects the people that they love and care for. Because Sykes didn't care for, what was his name? Marcus. Marcus. You know, Claudia cares for uh, Steve. Okay, but now we're going back to, they need to tell us this for it to make sense. We're going back into the maybes. It's maybe this and maybe that. And they've told us none of this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying. But, you know, they could have changed the uh, transcript. You know, once they started and had all the scripts already written out, they kind of changed it up a little bit. And I think we said that last week, too. But you know what? They're writers. They could have come up with a way to make it fit. You know, what did they think? We weren't going to notice that they just changed it? They probably did. You know, sometimes a writer might leave and then another writer might come in. Okay, but still, I mean, this is kind of a big thing in the show and they're not explaining any of it. I mean, maybe it'll get explained at some point, but for now, it's not being explained. And we've already read most of the metronomes, the effects, when we were doing the Artifact of the Week. And I held one back because I I knew we hadn't gotten there yet. And there's still a part I haven't read, but it still doesn't have anything to do with this issue. There's part I haven't read because I'm holding it for that episode because I remember the episode that it pertains to. But the part I haven't read yet has nothing to do with this issue right here. I mean, I'm hoping that at some point we're going to have this explained because it doesn't make sense and you know how I am when something doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's no way this makes sense because Sykes should be dead. Right. I already just said there's always a way. Exactly. Yeah. And I did write that down. And then he said, well, sometimes. But yeah, he did give hope that there's always a way. So maybe if Artie figures out the way to get Steve off the metronome, we'll figure out why Sykes wasn't dead. Right. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Because if they don't explain another thing, I'm going to be aggravated. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see soon. Well, hopefully soon. We'll see. I hope so. So this episode has like three plot lines going on, which we normally don't get. Yeah, we're busy. Yeah, we normally get one or two. So Micah and Pete are with the hockey players. Claudia and Mrs. Frederick have a girl's day out. And Steve and Artie are hunting the stolen artifacts. But then we kind of learn from the three plot lines that are going on that not all artifacts have bad side effects. Right. Yeah, that was a new one. That was a lesson today. Yeah. Technically, the dog tags didn't have bad side effects. Usually the side effects happen to the person who's using it. Mm -hmm. And the dog tags really didn't have side effects, but it all depended on the person making the wish. Right. 
which isn't really a side effect. It's just if it gets in the hands of somebody horrible, then that's what happens. But it didn't have any side effects to the person using it. Right. Which was kind of a new one, right? They showed it twice in the episode. Frederica and Claudia at the jewelers. Right. And then the dog tags. Right. And the dog tag thing didn't occur to me until I saw the jewelers when Mrs. Frederick said we don't bag it unless it starts causing trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. Then I realized, oh yeah, the dog tags really don't have side effects. It's just the person using them could be not a nice person. Right. Now, if she would have used the dog tag at the school instead of the marbles, it right. would have worked it, out perfect. Exactly. And no side effect. Yeah. Everything doesn't have a downside. Yeah. And like we just said, Claudia gets to see an artifact being created. Yes, she did. At the jewelry store. Let's take a walk. That's what the mafia says when you're about to get whacked. Do they? Well, this concerns your relationship with the warehouse. Oh, my, uh, my destiny? And mine. Has something changed? Not yet. I just think it's time you had a glimpse. Don't worry. You won't be whacked. Come. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Somebody walks into a jewelry store with a baby and puts it on the counter and walks away from it. I say the same thing. Oh, my God. I get such anxiety every time I see this. Who does that? Thank you. I say the same thing. I thought somebody was going to ask you to come and snatch the kid up. You can carry it around all day like that, but you can't carry it up to the counter when you're talking to somebody? Right, yeah. Go hold that baby. I've done it. You know, those things kind of first came out when our kids were little, I think. Yeah. When I was carrying DC, I would never hold it by the handle because I was so afraid it was going to break. I held it by the handle. I was so paranoid about those things. So I would hold the handle and also hold the bottom, so it was kind of pointless for me to use it. But yeah, that drove me crazy because if you're carrying them, put them on the counter in front of the woman that you're talking to. Or if it's not on top, he's right by your feet. Right. There's no point. Yeah, that was, that bothered me. And it, it just, it bothers me every time I see it. It's just like walking on the sidewalk with your child. Right. The child's supposed to be on the inside, not the outside. So that kills me. Yes. You yes. know, cars, when you're getting out of the car and you got to take the kid out. The kid's supposed to be on the sidewalk side. Right. And that kills me, too. Yeah. You're uh, cutting out a lot. Hold on one second. Can you hear me better now? Yeah. It's not even that I can't hear you. It's like your words are cutting out. Hold on one second. now yeah okay micah's sister calls to say she's pregnant and i don't really think it's a spoiler to say that we do get to meet her sister at some point and i do remember her for some reason like i said i remember all these guest stars that came in even if i don't remember the plot line Mm -hmm. so i remember who plays her sister and i do remember that we do meet her sister at some point i have to imagine pretty soon since she's getting the call that her sister's pregnant yeah, I remember something, but not all of it. Well, actually, not even all of it. I just remember something about the sister, and we'll get to see her. But her sister's pregnancy kind of leads to a lot of baby talk by her and Pete, which leads to Micah <laughs> getting pregnant in the middle of the episode. <laughs> because Pete wished it. But I kind of like the explanation that he gave. Yeah, I did too. They figure out that Pete might have unconsciously wished for her to be pregnant, which is kind of cute. But the logic behind it makes sense. He, he wonders if he'll ever have a family and who would be able to share his crazy life. And then he realizes that Micah already does. Right. Now, before I say this, I want to be clear that this is just my opinion. 
just like most shows, like Eureka, that from the beginning you knew they were trying to make us want Carter and Allison to be together. Right. Right. And, you know, like any show, like Bones or Castle, they make it so we want these two people together. Right. But at the end, if they end up together, most people will be happy. But if they don't end up together, there's going to be a lot of people that are not happy. That's what I think. I mean, I don't know. I always thought that they were pushing us to want them to be together. Most shows are trying to push the two leads to be together. Right. This is one of the very few shows I've ever watched that I didn't want them to be together. And not because I think Pete is obnoxious. I like their friendship. Yeah, me too. I think that even if each of them was to go out and marry somebody else, they have a family. I think each other would be the other person's godmother, godfather. They would still be really close, close friends. That's what I think, too. I kind of got nervous with this baby thing, you know, and then he tells her he loves her. But obviously, she took it as he loves her as a friend. And that may be how he meant it. It could go either way. Well, I, that's how I took it. And I took that he said it as a friend. Well, I kind of did because that's what I want him to say it as. But I don't know if that's how they meant us to think it. Uh, oh, no. No, 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 no. The closely. You just admitted that you love me. Oh, my God. I also love fajitas and cage fighting and bald women. I mean, Sinead O'Connor. That's a nice try, Latimer, okay? But face it, I wield tremendous power. Yes, you wield the power. I do. There were, like, two high school kids going back and forth. You know, he did, oh, you go, girl. That was funny. I wrote that down. It was almost like a Hallmark movie. He was playing the sassy best friend. Yeah, it was too funny. I that was, was cracking up. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me some popcorn and a tampon, because I am watching a romantic comedy. What? Shut up. Oh, love is crazy, Mikes. That's right, girl. I am the sassy best friend. You go, girl! Oh, my God. I should go check on Mike. Huh? You go, girl. Hey. I'm not going to go say goodbye to Mike because, I mean, how many different ways can this movie end? You know, I'm all out of, you go, girl. Some of you talk to the hands now on. There's a lot of clicking going on. Hold on. Even in the beginning, I think I, I thought differently on it. You know, when Michael left, so, you know, and Pete was really upset. I still didn't think of it as a romantic partner. I just think they would be really good friends. I mean, men and women can have men and women as just friends. Right, exactly. You, know, you love them, but there's no romance involved. Exactly. For me, I didn't want them, but I wasn't sure if the whole premise or the way they wrote it was for everybody to ship them, you know, that they're going to end up together in the end. So I wasn't ever sure if that's what they were trying to do. I remember the end, but I hope they don't. I like that dynamic now. Because sometimes when you become romantically involved, if it don't work out, you don't stay friends. Right. And I'm glad you don't remember the end because I was going to say, if you remember it, don't say. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. But when the whole pregnant thing came up, I was like, oh, no. We're going to pause right here for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, it is very likely you're also a fan of Eureka. And if you aren't, you should be. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. 
You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Michael was flirting with, um, what the heck is his name? Mike, the hockey guy? Yeah, what's his last name, though? Mike Manning. Manning, oh, man. I knew it was some kind of player that plays on some famous team now. Mm-hmm. Manning, okay. The way they were, I keep on saying, because he's going to stay in the show. So I couldn't remember because I'm going, you know, the way him and Michael were flirting, they kissed, and I'm going, hmm, are they going to stay romantically involved? Because technically now, his career is over. True. I didn't even think so of that. So I'm wondering, you know, that got to be her new man. Now that you say that, I don't even know. It didn't even occur to me because I'm, I'm thinking he lives in Toronto. So no, that's not going to work. But yeah, you're right. His career is probably over. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think of that. And no. honestly, I don't remember. Agent Barron. I still don't know your first name. Oh, it's, uh, Micah. Wow. Mike and Micah. Like Papageno and Papageno from... Mozart's Magic Flukes. <laughs> you know opera? Yeah, yeah. Don't tell my teammates as well, because you never know. Hey, can we get going? Uh, you can play Mike's Magic Flute later. I have to go kill him now. And then we have Steve and Artie working together. Who, I couldn't remember if they ever worked together, but then I remembered that they did when they got the painting from Sally. Mm-hmm. They're just funny. Although Artie's funny when he works with anybody. Yeah. But I liked him and Steve. Now, Artie knows that Steve can detect a lie, and I keep forgetting that. It's not something I remember about him until he does it. Right. You know? So Artie knew he can detect a lie, so why would he lie to him and say that he's just doing inventory? I think because he really still can't tell anybody. He still may know he's lying, but he still not, can't tell the truth. True. He keep on lying to him all day. And, you know, Steve go, you're lying. And he go, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I'm still going to tell you a lie. And he'll know that's the truth. Because if I was to say to Steve, I'm going to keep on lying to you, he's going to know that's the truth. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> So the artifacts that are missing seem to have something to do with Artie personally. And Steve is the one who figures this out. And while Steve runs behind Artie on those, what do you call those things? Oh, my goodness. And I, and I wrote on one. Um, I can't remember. I don't know why I can't remember. I can't either. It'll, hopefully they'll pop up in my head. But yeah. So Artie's just whipping around with that thing. And Steve's trying to run to catch up with him. And what I didn't notice, and it didn't occur to me, and of course he would hide him was Artie was grabbing the black diamonds. He wasn't letting Steve see them, which of course Mm -hmm. makes sense, but it didn't occur to me until finally I saw him actually hide one from Steve. And when he opened up the box too. Right. He hit him. Yeah. Closed the box, yep. But Artie says to Steve, someone's undoing my life's work, which is exactly what Brother Adrian accused Artie of doing to him. Mm Mm-hmm. It was cute because Steve made Artie calm down and think about the artifacts that he might be able to track and already remembers the McCoy rifle. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. The whole thing with them working together was cute. I just liked it. Um, yeah. They find that it's missing, but since the Hatfield rifle was bagged by a different agent, already assumed it might still be in the warehouse and they could use it to track the McCoy rifle. But already forgets that whoever's holding the gun, I think the Hatfield rifle shoots at it or the McCoy yeah, rifle. Shoots at it. <laughs> right. And he's like, well, what does it matter? You can't die anyway. That's what he says about Claudia. Right. Because already, you know, every bits and pieces there slips out. And voila, you end up finally saying what's going on. Right. 
it was funny the way he reacted because it's Claudia, so he should be immediately concerned. But he wasn't. Mm-hmm. For a second, he was relieved because Claudia told him she's been feeling odd. Right. And Artie thought it was, you know, about these visions he keeps having about her and the dagger. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of relieved for a minute that it wasn't about that. It took him a minute to say, oh, Claudia could be in danger, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when they do finally get in the locker, Steve finds shipping supplies, which means, you know, they don't know if they have everything. Some of it already could have been shipped out. Probably the dog tags. Oh, no, the dog tags weren't because the girl already had those from her grandfather. It was her grandfather, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because they didn't get to the warehouse yet. So after Pete and Micah figure out it's a fan and it's not Mike who has the artifact, they start checking the fans. I don't remember why they went to her first. Why Pete was in her, Judy's pocketbook first? He didn't go to her pocketbook first. He didn't go there first. He was like in some lady's beige purse. There was like some somebody else's purse. I think she was either the third or fourth purse that he went into. But that's not the first purse that he went into. Oh, okay. So I missed that. I, I thought I missed the part that made him decide to go to her first. Okay. He just saw random pocketbooks on the ground and he was checking them. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, because I thought I missed something about how they determined they should check her. So then, the thing is, he's holding these in his hand, and he's not gooing things. Now, you know, when they were in the locker, they gooed everything. So he's holding stuff in his hand. Why doesn't he just goo stuff as he's going along? What, is he going to recognize it by sight? He doesn't know what he's looking for. Yeah, that one I didn't understand. And didn't we say something about spray last week? Right, and I wrote that down, because now they have a spray. Yeah, they got a spray... Um, I don't know, because I, I think Pete's out of his suit, right? Because Pete was in the suit and the locker, then he was in the jersey in the stadium. Right, again, but this is Pete. He did this when, what's her name, Kelly had the Lizzie Borden's knife or whatever she had. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lizzie Borden's mirror, that's what it was. Pete knows he's going to look for an artifact, so bring a bag and some gloves. Right. I mean, he's a warehouse agent. He doesn't know what the artifact is going to do if he touches it. Right. And then he's he's just looking at things. Like he's not gooing anything. How does he know? He doesn't know what he's looking for. And he's just looking at things like it's going to jump out at him. Now, I would have thought it would have been the rabbit's foot. See, I thought the rabbit's foot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey there, buckaroo. Uh, hello. I'm, I'm the purse inspector. <laughs> I know. Uh, where, where's your mom and dad? I think that's when he looked at the little boy. Right. He got distracted by the little boy, but still. Yeah. He put the stuff back in her pocketbook. Well, we know they don't do things right. I know, but come on. Yeah, a lot of (laughs) stuff was like, come on, guys, really? Nobody's listening. You don't have your stuff. You're not paying attention. I know. So I was wondering, what's the plan? You know, you're just going to look at things and what? I don't know. Well, it's the same thing like when they went in her house. Like, you just walked in her house and... You know, hello. I don't know. I thought that was just a little kind of weird. You know, because they just kind of walked in, not knocking on the door, or they just walk in. Hello? Anybody home? Yep, we're definitely in the right place. That makes me laugh because I know you watch a lot of British shows. Yes. Right? Did you ever watch uh, Midsummer Murders? Um, pardon me, unless I say, yeah, but. It's been a while. They walk into everybody's house. They don't even knock, whether they're home or not. They just walk in. And you come around the corner and there's this guy standing in your house. And it just doesn't seem like it's something that is out of the ordinary. Right, yeah. It, it tells me when people say they leave their door unlocked. In a lot of places, and even like that, they leave their door unlocked. 
Yeah. The other thing that Damien said too, really, Claudia, Mrs. Fravor said don't intervene. And you run in. Are you kidding me? You're with Mrs. Frederick now. Not like you're with just anybody. You're with Miss Frederick. So why are you not paying attention? Right. We're not here to intervene. Stay with me. Don't move! Don't! Everybody just get down on the ground! It was funny when I was watching Pete and Micah go to the cabin. I'm such a dork. It reminded me of the movie Misery with Kathy Bates and James Caan. Oh, yes, yes, I love that. And I don't know why, because I never saw the movie, but I've seen enough clips to kind of know what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, and I kept saying, this reminds me of Misery, but I never saw the movie, so I don't know if it really does. And then I must have missed it every other time I watched it. Pete actually mm-hmm. calls Judy Misery. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> Yeah, that fit the bill. So I guess that was the point all along, and I just missed it every time I watched it before. (laughs) (laughs) Nice try, Misery. Surprise! And then Pete, at some point, realizes when she made her wish for him to take his last breath, he didn't suffocate. So I guess they realized that the dog tags only work on people you love, which we kind of already talked about. And then Mrs. Fredericks, and I remembered this, but I didn't think it was her grandson for some reason. I thought it was her husband. Are you there? Yeah, I'm shaking my head. I yeah. know. It's so- <laughs> <laughs> but um, I re- kind of remember that part. Does he know who she is? It seemed like he did. It seemed like he turned around and smiled at her. I think he does. I think maybe he's her one. Well, but the grandson's much older, and he's in a restaurant. Right. So, technically, she ought to be dead. Oh, yeah, that was the point they're trying to make. When I remembered this, I thought it was her husband. Or, or no, I thought it was her son. I didn't think it was her grandson. I thought it was her son who's in a rest home. So she's, yes, that was the point they were trying to make. She's kind of like a mortal or something. But I think he does know who she is. Who she is, but who she is. I don't know if they ever tell us. I got the impression he did. Like I'm saying, he recognized her, and he could recognize her as being an aunt, or does he realize that that's his grandmother, I got the impression that he did. I don't know that that's true. I just assumed since, you know, her husband obviously is dead, her son obviously is dead, that the Mm. grandson's her one. Mm-hmm. that's how I always took it. We could find out later that that's wrong. I don't know. I don't know if we, we ever see this again or hear about it again. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. You think maybe he just thinks that she's some random person in his family? I, I think he knows it's a relative. I'm wondering, does he know that that's his grandmother? And his grandmother is technically, look, by the way, either the same age or younger. I think he recognized her as a relative. Yeah, I don't know. I just assumed maybe he was her one since she doesn't have any more family left. But I don't know. I don't know if we ever see him again or if we ever hear anything about it again. Right. Because even with Peace Mom, we're talking about the one. Mrs. Frederick is ancient. She could have told her one a long time ago. I think you asked the question, if somebody dies, do you get another one? Right. But we never got an answer to that. No, so, like, Miss Frederick, she's ancient, so her one could have been her husband. He's dead. And two, did you tell your son? Okay, he's dead. So, you told your grandson? 
So I wonder how that one really works, yeah. especially in that position. And we thought at the time that you only got one one because she never told Pete. But then we found out later she never told Pete because she didn't want him to be an Asian. Right. So mm-hmm. I think originally we thought that maybe you just got one and that was it. Right. Because she never told Pete. We knew she probably told her husband. Well, then we mm-hmm. find out she did. But she never told Pete. We never actually got an answer if she would have been allowed to tell Pete. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Random, random, random. And now for some random thoughts, facts, or things that we just thought were funny, or things that we just wanted to mention that don't really need to be discussed, but deserve a mention. We always think that Micah is the mature one out of the two. She's really not more mature, because the way she was acting with this Mike Manning, no, you're stupid, you know, she was acting more like a 12-year-old than Pete does. Right, yeah. Like, um, one of them silly teenage girls that I want to smack. And Pete's obnoxious, but in a different way. And when you think about it, she acts like that a lot. You just don't always notice it because it's not all in one episode. Mm-hmm. You know, she did it a lot in this episode. And then even before she got pregnant. Yeah. There are no stupid questions, okay? Only stupid people. So if anyone's stupid here, it's you. He's hostile and unresponsive. I wonder why. The x-rays are fake? This isn't stupid math and stupid arm. We need to break into the medical office and find the real x-ray. Hey, sign says team personnel only. Oh, well, I must have missed it. Well, someone's not very observant. Well, someone's penis guard is not very... Oh, okay. Oh, look, there it is. I see your stupid sign now. Then they mentioned Featherhead again. Because remember that episode that I thought the postmaster is calling Pete a Featherhead? (laughs) But it's actually a town... So they mentioned it again, so I looked it up to see if it was actually a real town, but it's not. Oh, okay. Oh, well. It's outside a steakhouse in Featherhead. Excellent clue. Not a bad lunch. Bring the rifle. Last week, I remember I was trying to remember, I thought there was three episodes in Connecticut. Yes. And mm-hmm. I couldn't, I remembered the Hartford one, and last week was New Canaan, and I couldn't remember what the one in the middle was. And I figured it out later that it wasn't an episode in Connecticut. It was Sally Stokowski was from Connecticut. Oh, yes, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I knew there was something else, and it just, it was driving me crazy. Another thing is I just hate, hate, hate the product placements or the ads that they do in the show. They did them in Eureka, and they were obnoxious, but they weren't as obnoxious as they are in this show, I feel like. You know, when Artie's like, Claudia's going to rake you over the coals for taking her Prius C. And look at what it has inside. Oh, okay. Okay. I never really kind of paid that one any mind. Oh, it drives me crazy. They did it in Eureka a lot, too, especially when they talked about cars. But it wasn't Mm -hmm. that. It wasn't this obnoxious. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to pay attention. Yeah, it wasn't this obnoxious. You know, Artie could have said, Claudia's going to rake you over the coals for taking her car. But no, he says, Claudia's going to rake you over the coals for taking her Prius C. Mm, well, that's what pays the bills. Yeah, but you have commercials for that. I got to remember, too, at a point, you couldn't have brands on TV. Right. But the brands they have on TV are product placements that sponsors pay for. Mm-hmm. But this is a little obnoxious. They're doing a whole car commercial, pretty much. If I'm thinking about the cow with the lips. That's all I have. I'm thinking about the cow with the lips. What do you mean? There's a gunpoint to the cow with the lips. Okay. In the alley, there's the, the sign of the cow with the lips. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's all I was concentrating on was the cow and the lips. Oh, oh, oh. Any identifying landmarks? Just a giant cow. Cow. 
Yeah, I know that count. Yeah, and that was weird too because when he looked through the gun to find out where the other gun is, and Artie says, "What do you see?" and he says, "A cow." Well, what kind of cow? Well, read the sign. If the sign had words. Yeah. Why, why are you being so cryptic about the cow? But the thing is, I've been looking and going. I see a cow with red lips. The cow got red lips. <laughs> That's right. It did. Yeah. I can think about it. The cow with lips thing. <sighs> The only thing, the other thing that ticked me was, in the beginning, why are you picking up the phone and you on the job? You on the job, you got some men down one way except you kick them, but you're going to answer the phone? Yeah, you said that before, I remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just like, that kills me. Put the phone down. Don't answer it. You're at work. You do your job. This is not the first time we've said that, I remember, yeah. It's <laughs> my sister, Tracy. Hey, Trace, listen, I'm just at work. I'll call you back. What? Oh my god, that's great news. Congratulations. Oh my my sister's pregnant. I I'm, I'm going to be an aunt. I'm going to get to hold a new, a new life in my arms. <laughs> but other than that, I think that's about it. That's all I have. Yeah, I like the episode. I didn't like the hockey part of it so much, but I like the other two parts. Yeah. All right. So, we'll see you next week for episode 6. All right, see you next week. No reaction. Maybe Mike has the artifact on him. No, no he's, he's naked in the shower, and I already checked his chain. How much you pay me not to tell anyone you said that? 50 bucks. Okay. Hey, this is Dud Gramley reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the 13th Warehouse. On Twitter at Eureka Warehouse. On Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. On our website at the13thwarehouse.com or on Podbean. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Reflections in the Mirror, provided by Esther Garcia under their standard license. See you next time in The 13th Warehouse. And now we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We had a really, really, really hard time recording this episode, as you probably might have noticed. So thank you very much for hanging in there with us. She's just kind of... Oh, my God. This guy from work keeps calling me, and I'm... Stop. Now I hear nothing. Okay, how about now? Now you sound like you're in a tunnel. Wait a minute. Now you sound... I I could hear you... You sound like you're in a tunnel, but I can hear myself echoing back. Uh, all right, hold on. That's not working. Hold on. One more second. Hello? 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 Oh, my God. He's calling again. All right. Uh... You hung up. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hold on. I'm going to try this way too. We're going to try. We're going to try different things. Hold on. Okay. I'm seeing if I can talk back to you. And like you said, okay, my notes just went berserk. Oh my God, he's calling again. I mean, if you don't answer the phone once. This is why I'm not looking forward to going back to work. (laughs) And this is Doug with the episode credits for season four. Okay, stop. Don't scream.
I'm not. I got no red. You're screaming. There's no red. Outtake, didn't you? Just. Don't. Are you waiting for me to talk now? I'm not screaming. Okay. I don't know what you want me to. Do. And this is Doug with the episode credits for season four, episode five. No pain, no gain, and no red. Guest cast: Mike. Go ahead. I can't say his name. Dope, dopid, dopud, dope. I would say dopud. Dopud. Right, start. Start. You know name. what? I don't. Start even the entire thing over again. Okay. Go. Mike Dopud. No, I'm not going to. I'm not ready yet. And this is Doug with probably another outtake. <laughs> and this is Doug with. <laughs> You're making red. You're it's not me. And this is Doug with the episode credits for season four, episode five. Wait. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Directed by Jane Chandra- Chanrasekar. <laughs> Directed by Jay Chanrasekar. Original air date August 20th. 2012. And now, the episode quick cap. No laughing.